Episode 9. Hi, Jacob. Hi, Rez. It's been a while. It has. It has. We put out a episode 8.9, which was a Kingdom Hearts yeah, 3 with reference. Yeah, with a nice wee guest host. My flatmate, Eddie. He was a lovely time for that 11 minutes. <laughs> He's always but, a lovely time. Always, always. But we're back. Back to it with an official episode 9 of the Nerd Nebula podcast. And we will talk about a few things that will probably piss some people off. Probably. Quite possibly. But before we go into our Avengers Endgame talk, which I have a lot to say about that. Yep. I'm just curious. You watch the Game of Thrones, don't you, Jacob? I, I do. I do. What was your opinion on, on episode three? Because I don't watch the show, but I saw that episode just divided the entire internet. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, it's it was meant to be the pinnacle of everything that they've been working towards for eight or seven and a bit seasons now. And it kind of fell a little bit flat. Like, it kind of felt almost like they were just wrapping that up so they can get back to other stories. But it kind of needed a bit more time spent delving into that battle, I feel. It was a great battle scene. But it was... I know a lot of people found it too dark. Like, they couldn't see a lot of what was going on. Compared to other night battles that have been in the show as well. Which I found kind of weird. When I watched it, it was fine. I've seen that people complain that it was a bit of a cop-out ending. The entirety of the show was supposed to lead up to this, like, you know, mankind versus the undead. And I've seen people complain that it was just treated as a mini boss towards the final boss while, you know. Uh, Sort of, but not really. Like, I feel like I wanted to like it more than I do, but I still like it. Like, it it was a great telling of the story, but it's also wasn't quite what I'd hoped. I expected this massive epic battle and I got that, but not to the degree that I was hoping for. Do you think that because they've run out of source material and they're, you know, they're just employing the in-house writers now, is that the show's quality dipped? I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, the, the TV show is so far gone from what happened in the books anyway that they're almost their own entities while still being sort of inspired by as opposed to oh, okay. being a direct telling of the book. So I think there's a little bit of, like, they've got a little bit of artistic leeway in that, especially in the later season when the book hasn't even been written yet. But I also feel like it didn't do the show the justice that it deserved. I don't know if it needed to be a longer episode or split in half and just more in it, but it was it was still a lot of fun. What would you give it as a rating for that one episode? The final battle between the living and the dead, what I'd, would you give it? I'd that? probably have to give it like a, a seven. I couldn't give it any higher than a seven. Okay, that's still a good score. Like, it's still pretty good. I, I've seen people saying that if this wasn't the last season, they would have stopped watching the show. And yeah. Like, some people are really pissed off of how they handled the battle with the Night King, is it? Yeah. 
yeah, when I started watching the show for like a one and a half season, I wanted to see, you know, the eventual battle with the White Walkers, right? And then came more about politics and I just kind of grew bored of that. And then in a way, I'm kind of glad I stopped watching the show way back when, because if it ended up with just like a mini boss kind of like storyline, then I would have been incredibly um, disappointed. I don't agree with the, the mini boss feel, but it did feel i don't know because it was sort of like a, a a major but minor character that dealt the final blow and it was dealt in such a way that i can see how people sort of feel like it was not quite the epic battle they were wanting but at the same time fuck it was still real cool <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah i just wanted to get that out of the way because uh, it was a big topic of conversation on the internet yeah, even among everyone in my office and a lot of my friend group, anyone that watches it has just been fizzing over it. But now I want to talk about something that everyone on the internet is in complete agreement about, is that yeah. how fucking awesome was Avengers Endgame? It was very, very good. There was maybe a couple of moments that I felt didn't do the film the justice that it deserved. But they were literal moments. And then yeah. as soon as that moment was over, it was back to just being everything I wanted from an Avengers film. I'm not going to say that the movie is perfect. And I'm probably going to say a few things right now that's probably going to piss a few people off. Because the movie isn't perfect, and I have gripes with it. Some of it are quite major. Some of it is more like nitpicking i'm just gonna dive into the uh stuff that i have a problem with first and then we'll we can talk about the stuff that we thought was really good yeah yeah i had a big problem with captain marvel somehow finding tony stark in the middle of space it felt like this was something they needed to do to get tony stark back to earth as soon as possible and it felt forced felt yeah. really forced I get it. Tony Stark needs to be with the rest of the Avengers on Earth so they can plan their next move, but it just was handled in a really janky way. Yeah. Oh, I'm dying in a few hours. Oh, here comes Captain Marvel, and now I'm saved. And then she she helps him travel, like, across the entirety of the universe, pretty much, in an hour or so. Like, that's not feasible. Even if Captain Marvel can go beyond the speed of light, I'm pretty sure that physics are way off on this. And I know they can travel through the through the jumps and all that, but it, I don't know. It just felt really, yeah, really forced, really janky. Luckily, that lasts for like five minutes, and then it's and then it goes into like a full-on drama, which is probably what I liked most about the film. Yeah. One thing I had a problem with is that Thanos kind of stopped being, you know, like a multi-layered villain and just towards the end becomes a big brute. Yeah, just just a bloodthirsty tyrant. In Infinity War, you could tell that everything he did caused him grief and pain. Like, this was the only way the universe could be saved, right? That's why so many people were like, I can see his point of view. <laughs> I, you know, I can see yeah. how this plan could work. In Endgame, it's just, oh, his... I've seen the future and I've seen how you guys fuck me up, so I'm just gonna kill everyone. Yeah. Like, okay, so all that character development kind of went out the fucking gate. 
Yeah. Speaking of character development, there was really none for Captain Marvel the entire movie. She kind of felt like she was just placed there as a convenient plot point, I found. She was there to save Tony Stark and then to And then disable... save the day at the end and, yeah. you know, pop in for a quick conversation halfway through the movie sort of thing. Yeah. Like, she didn't really serve much purpose other than, I don't know, like... Oh, and that brings me to one of the things that really pissed me off about the movie. And in saying this, I'm going to piss off a lot of people. I really didn't like the female power moment. When oh, yeah. All the, when all the female characters got together and was like, we'll, And they just we'll... happened to be right next to each other on the battlefield. And it's just like all, all the girls and Spider-Man. It yeah, did it's... not make any sense. Except for a poster. It felt less of an actual female power moment and more of a force one in. Because yep. let's be really PC about it. Before that, Black Panther was carrying the uh, gauntlet and he was fighting all these people by himself. Hawkeye, no power motherfucker, was just running around fighting people off by himself. Spider-Man doing the same thing. And then when Captain Marvel gets it, all the other female characters come along, protect her, and get the gauntlet where it needs to be. It's like, um, pretty sure you're not doing yourself a favor by making her look weaker. All yep. the other male characters who are doing this all by themselves. Yeah, I felt I felt that scene was very, very forced and didn't. Yeah, again, didn't do any favors for for the for the movie itself. I mean, like there is an all female Avengers team in the comics, but this is not the way you actually show that. No, I can't remember exactly, but it didn't really do much. They just kind of like charged five seconds and then they all split off again uh okay it Uh, was there for a poster for like a poster boy moment or poster girl moment and then it sort of carried on with the movie being exactly how it was like sure they, they helped turn the tide for a few seconds and then it was back to being exactly how it was which made no sense like if you're gonna do something like that i feel like they should have made that the turning tide of the battle and that was what made a a huge difference as opposed to not making much difference it was just simply pandering it wasn't a well executed pandering i've seen articles by like women complaining about this too like saying like this was forced like this didn't need to be in the movie if you really wanted to do this at least make it in a way that was feasible and plausible and not just for like you said a poster yeah what did you think about the time travel mechanics in it? I found, for the most part, they were good. They didn't feel too forced and, you know, sci-fi movie forced. They were balanced between actual theories that you can find online if you really want to go down that rabbit hole. And <laughs> and then also, like, mixed with a little bit of... It, it was enough comic book fancy that it felt fun and light-hearted. But there was also enough, like, science in there that uber nerds are gonna... Oh, yeah, I understand what they're on about. Sort of thing. I mean, like, it didn't I, feel... They did say that don't think about the actual science behind it. I do understand how some of it works. If they go back to the past to get the Infinity Stones... It's not going to change this current future. It's going to branch off into an alternate reality. But here's what I don't get, and this is where the movie breaks its own rules, and I was almost broke the movie for me. At the end, Steve Rogers goes back to return the Infinity Stones, right? To each of the individual timelines, right? Yep. And then he shows up in the same timeline, old. 
If you went back to live with Peggy Carter from the reality where he returned the stone, shouldn't he be in that reality and not in this one? That made no sense. Because they pulled him back. That's what I took from that, is because they pulled him back. That wasn't shown. That wasn't... It wasn't even hinted at. It just went back to normal time travel mechanics. And I was really confused. I was like, wait, if you went to a different dimension, how come he's here with the shield that's intact from a different dimension? Yeah, yeah. To this one, I was just... I couldn't really enjoy the the feel-good moment with Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter right at the end where they're dancing and all that because I was just crunching on my head like, well, they just broke their own fucking rules with a major plot hole. Yeah. That's probably the thing I had the biggest problem with in the entire movie. It's just such a glaring thing because they made a big deal saying that you can't change the future from the past in this one. And then they just like, oh, we're just going to change the future in the past. So this was because we want a nice, wholesome moment. Yeah, yeah, it didn't really make as much sense as it needed to, I feel. The other big thing I had a problem with, Black Widow's death. Yeah. It was unnecessary. <laughs> I feel like they could have found a way to not do that, to not have her kill herself for the Soul Stone. If uh, Thanos his... had to sacrifice his daughter, I think that was kind of what they were hinting at, like they needed to sacrifice something that they cared about as much. <sighs> In my mind, as the scene played out and they were fighting as to who were going to commit suicide, pretty much, I would have thought that Red Skull would have intervened and be like, you've proven yourself worthy, you were ready to cast away your life, here's the soul stone. Because with most other people who would go there as a pair, they would succumb to greed and, you know, kill one person to get the soul stone i just that's how i felt in my mind that the the scene would play out with him intervening and be like you're actually worthy of the soul stone here it is but no they killed her off in the same kind of pose as gamora with the same um, music playing and it's just like but she's getting a standalone movie in two years how is that gonna work i get if it's a prequel are they just gonna do the youngify face thing like they did with Nick Fury and Captain Marvel or it just felt completely unnecessary could have found a different way I don't know if it was just for the for the shock factor because it's clear that Scarlett Johansson's um, contract wasn't ending and she wanted out of the franchise because she's getting a standalone movie yeah yeah so uh, I think they sort of because as Red Skull said, like when they turned up there, he's not the person that gives them the Soul Stone. He's the guide for the people that come searching yeah. for it. Which I can sort of understand why he couldn't just be like, ha nah, tricked you, like, here's the stone. But at the same time, like, there could have been other ways to get it. They should have taken a, a minor character off with them. Yeah. But I think also they needed to kill someone off from the main crew, like the main group, sooner rather than later to almost to warm you up for the final act yeah i guess even after they all come back from from the time heist they all grieve for like five minutes less than five minutes hulk throws a fucking bench over the lake and then they just move on like okay she's dead let's just go i don't think they so much move on and like forget about her as they do they just have to sort of suck it up and carry on yeah i guess but it, it did feel a bit sort of to me it just felt pointless <laughs> you killed off a major character in a really pointless way those are all my gripes 
with the movie. Like I said, some of them are big, some of them are small, but that's really all my gripes with the movie. That's Those are pretty much my gripes as well. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else that I really had a big problem with. If I can say one thing, and it's a nitpick, it's a major nitpick, and I'm happy that they didn't do it, but it would have elevated the movie by a bit if they did. When Thanos from the past and Nebula from the past come to the present and past Nebula takes the Infinity Gauntlet, I would have liked for her to put it on like she does in the comics, and then the power would have, you know, surged through her and she would have died, but that would have been a good callback to the comics because she has the opportunity to do that, but then instead, you know, she has a change of heart and then dies. But yeah. I feel like I feel like that would have been a good like a good nod to the comics. But like I said, that's a very small nitpick. Yeah, yeah. What was your favorite part about the movie? What was the scene or the moment that just made you be like, this is the best comic book movie ever made? Because I fully think this is the best one. Oh, that's really hard. Um, I'd have to toss up between Thor's hammer flying off and cap grabbing it oh that's a very good choice you know it was it was hinted in uh age of ultron yeah and it was sort of it had been hinted at a couple of times between that and the light-hearted comedy of them going back and doing the time heist and some of the aspects of the time heist were so damn good i really really loved when they're in stark tower and you know hops in the elevator and i'm thinking it's going to play out the same and he's like no no don't worry hail hydra yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. oh that got me i i had a good wee chuckle at that that was a great moment between that and he's right that is america's ass (laughs) yeah just like the the light-hearted comedy i i really enjoyed that oh yeah that was good for me it would probably be it's a toss-up it's a toss-up between when every of the characters come back and they all line up to fight Thanos and his armies, and then it zooms yeah, in on... Yeah, they're all coming through the time yeah, gates. Yeah, yeah, it zooms in on Cap, and he just goes, Avengers Assemble. And that was, that was just like, oh my god, i not even gonna front. Like, I cried a little bit of that. Like, just nerd tears. <laughs> I, I definitely had a couple of nerd tears. That, and the other one was when... Tony Stark against Thanos at the end, and Thanos just goes, you can't stop me, I am inevitable. And then he sees that the uh, stones are gone from the gauntlet, and they're rearranged on uh, Tony's um, mashable armor, and he just goes, yeah, well, I'm Iron Man, and uh, snaps his finger. That was just such a badass line to go out on. Like, he never really, you know, in, in the old comics and I don't know so much about the newer ones, but especially in the older ones, he would use that line all the time. And it was a nice throwback because he sort of used it a couple of times right at the start of the of the franchise, but yeah. never really did much with it. So yeah, it was kind of yeah. good for him to throw back for that. And it was it was very, very tastefully done. You can see how the Infinity Saga started with Iron Man and ends with Iron Man. You can tell that the guy has changed drastically throughout 11 years but at the end of the day he's still the same guy i felt sad that tony died at the end but that was i think that was the only way for his character arc to end finally found yeah yeah. a family he finally found something that he cared more than himself and he sacrificed everything to give everyone else a chance yeah And I think that was the only way that that, his arc was going to play out as well. Like, there was no way anything else was going to happen except that, I think. 
I had my other prediction that Captain America not dying but retiring. Yeah. That was the other thing that I was right about in the end. Like, okay, he's no longer Captain America. Yeah, well, I mean, his the actor, Chris Evans, had actually said a couple of times, like, that he yeah. was coming towards the end of his... He's played the character for so many years, like, almost close to a decade now. I feel like he would want to move on. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where, right now, it's impossible to recast Tony Stark. He's dead, and he's... He's fully dead. Maybe they can bring back Robert Downey Jr. for like flashbacks or more like recordings. He might have like in case of future events, he might have recorded stuff for the future Avengers to help them with some things. He might have predicted other incoming threats and all that. So they might have him as a cameo, but... You can't I, recast. I doubt they'll even do that, to be honest. That's the only way I can think of where Robert Downey Jr. will actually play the role again, in, like, very small, if at all. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth has already confirmed that he will be returning to the franchise. He's part of the Guardians of the Galaxy now. And yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm pretty sure that there's going to be another Thor movie, just like a standalone Thor movie. Interesting. I'm interested to see how they'll do the romance between Star-Lord and Gamora now, because it's the Gamora from the past, because the present Gamora's dead. So Yeah, um, yeah, it'll be the Gamora from sort of the alternate universe or timeline or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however they spin that. She even said, I fall in love with this. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how her knowing that her future self or her alternate self fell in love with Star-Lord, that's going to affect her. Well, see, she wasn't oh, in the in the sort of final lineup, so I'm I'm wondering whether she got uh, snapped. No, I don't think she did. I highly doubt that she that she did. Just because, just from like a marketing standpoint, Gamora is a big draw for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. And she's a strong female character. That absolutely. That's that what I was so confused of, about, yeah. like, because I didn't see her in the at the end of the movie. And I was sort of just like, well, what happens there then? Guardians Volume 3 is going to probably take place a couple of years after the events of Endgame. And, you know, by that point, we'll see how the new dynamic is and how her character is going to interact with Star-Lord and the rest of the Guardians crew. Yeah, it'll be interesting to say the least. I really liked how this movie was structured. If you take the whole movie, it's three movies in one. First third is an all-out drama. It's a drama showing how the characters deal with grief. Captain America is running a meeting about about grief. Yeah, actually a really strong scene. Like that yeah, that was me, that was really well done. I think that made me teary-eyed right there. Just Black Widow like falling apart and crying every three minutes, but having to look strong for the Avengers. Tony Stark just pretty much becoming a fucking recluse and not talking to anyone. Yeah. Thor is probably the most tragic out of the whole thing. It just, oh, his, it just... was, his was nice and comedic, though, so it kind of didn't, it didn't uh, it, hit home as hard. It was comedic, but it was more like you can tell that he fell into deep depression and, you know, oh, yeah. uh, survivor's guilt and, you know. Like, he was all jolly, and then when Hulk mentioned Thanos, he just completely just became serious and went on, like, don't say that name. Yeah. The second third is a full-on heist movie, which I thought was very well executed. And had some of the other strong um, emotional scene where 
Tony Stark meets his dad. Yeah, yeah, that was... Yeah, his dad asked him, like, what advice would you give a new parent? And Tony was like, no amount of money can buy time. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was really nicely done. I really liked that he was quite sort of clumsy and didn't know how to act around his dad. Yeah, that yeah. Was like, a, that was like, a nice touch. He almost forgot the briefcase yeah. with the fucking Tesseract in it. Yeah. The last third is just an all-out insane battle scene. Yeah. Do you think that it wrapped up the Infinity Saga well? Yes, but I feel like there could have been a couple more Avengers movies in the series. Because there was only, what, three? Well, four. There's four? there's the first one, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, and Endgame. Yeah, I feel like there could have been a little bit more in there. So they got to explore being the Avengers more. Yeah, but yeah. Instead of, you know, just using it to sort of cross over all these universes and all these different, you know, single player story modes. And then they brought them together for one like multiplayer brawl. And then it was like, ah, cool, that's done now. I kind of feel like it was a wee bit aimed towards that. But in saying that, that was the ending that that arc deserved. Yeah, definitely. It's not saying that there's not going to be any more new Avengers movies. Yeah, well, I mean, they've already released that they're going to be making Dark Avengers in a couple of years. They said Phase 4 is going to focus more on the cosmic side of things. Like, who do you think your prediction on who the next big bad is? Who's going to be the next Thanos? See, I was wondering about that. I don't know. I don't know who can fill those boots. Not thinking not now, in the Marvel universe, anyway. I'm thinking now that Marvel has re has acquired Fox. I'm thinking the obvious choice is Galactus. Yeah. You can just do the thing like he's been sleeping for a long time. He woke up and now he is hungry. And you know, he can have the Silver Surfer have an Avengers movie with them finding the Silver Surfer, and then the next one is leads into Galactus. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that could be that could be a nice touch. I would definitely want to see more bad guys, overarching bad guys on Earth. Spider-Man: Far From Home is the last movie in Phase Three, and yeah. a few fans have theorized that is the final movie in Phase Three because at the end they're gonna introduce. Norman Osborn, and he's going to be the next, you know, not the big, big bad, but the big bad on Earth. And he's going to reinstate S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, its uh, cosmic counterpart sword. In the comics, he was the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. for quite a long while. Yeah. So I think that would be interesting, having the duality of the Earth baddies with Norman Osborn possibly, and the cosmic stuff with Galactus, and yeah, I feel that would be a good a good way to start the new the, the new era of the MCU, the new yeah, saga. Yeah. yeah. The, um, It'll the... be interesting to see how they play off the, like, you know, there was the five-year time jump in, yeah. the, in the movie. How do you think they're going to play that off in uh, Far From Home? Um, I honestly have no idea. Obviously, it probably still will have Peter Parker going through grief over Tony's death. Nick Fury being back. Okay, so I'm back. It's back to business as always. And maybe Mysterio is part of the new S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's why Nick Fury is there to uh, be like something odd is going on with this new S.H.I.E.L.D. And recruiting a new era of Avengers, maybe. I don't know. 
Yeah, see, one of the theories that I'd read online, and I actually talked about this with my workmate today because he's just as big a nerd as we are. Shout out to you, Jason. <laughs> and he was talking about, or we were talking about, there's a theory going around that this happens in another dimension. You know, there was the, the time splits. Yeah, yeah. This happens in another one, so there could be the possibility of the time skip never happened, Thanos was defeated, and all this other stuff has sort okay. of not happened. And it's back five years, so it's it never had that I giant don't... time skip and stuff. I don't know how they would play that off, but I reckon I that would think... be an interesting one. I don't think they would do this, at least not in the main MCU. I don't know, because, I mean, it's obvious that he's still in school in the trailer for Far From Home. Yeah. Unless his entire uh, class happens to yeah, go to he got he got snapped. Together. He got snapped, and I'm assuming a lot of other people got snapped too. So once he got back, it would be obvious that he would resume where he left off, like in yeah. terms of school. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I don't know, maybe. I would like for it to be after the end game battle i would like it to be just a continuation of that just because i feel people are are now hungry for more to like see what happens after what happened to the world after the infinity war part two on on earth just to see yeah. how everything is settled how everyone is dealing with everything so i would like a continuation of the main mcu yeah, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how they play it off. And uh, the Russo brothers, they have said that the spoiler ban gets lifted for Endgame Monday in America. So by tomorrow, we could have yeah. the possibility of another um, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer that could show something yeah, different, yeah. I reckon. But that, I, that's, I what, like... that's what we were theorizing, and we were wondering how they're going to play it all off. I feel like uh, that's a bit more of a marketing strategy to get people who haven't seen it yet into the cinema to yep, get more yep. money. Yeah, yep. but To try and get those yeah. first month numbers yeah. up. If you think about it, in the top 10 highest-grossing movies of all time, I'm pretty sure more than half of them by now are Marvel movies. Yeah. I would really like for... Um, Endgame to overtake Avatar as the highest one because James Cameron went on record many times to say that the Marvel movies ain't shit and that they're not deep films and don't uh, tackle important issues. It's like, have you seen the movies? <laughs> yeah, it would be good to see them sort of see, see uh, uh, Avatar get taken down a peg. Yeah. Especially since James Cameron has said, like, oh, we're making four or five Avatar sequels. Like, it's and like, no mate, one asked for them. Yeah, mate, it's been ten years. Who the fuck gives a shit about Avatar at this point? And we're talking about the, about the blue monkey people one, not the other one. The Legion of Aang. Yeah. Uh, that's all I want to talk about on terms of Avengers Endgame. And this, is, this has already gone on for a long time. Anything else we want to discuss in this episode, or should we just make this the big endgame episode with a bit of Game of Thrones at the start? I think we're in the uh, we're in the end game of this episode. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm funny. so sorry about that. I'm so sorry. We shall put out an episode ten of this one soon because there are there are some things that happened that we haven't addressed, mainly the Star Wars. You know, lots, of, lots think, of Star Wars news. I want to, I want to, I want to play that out for a little bit longer, so that we can get some more information on it. Hopefully, because I yeah, mean, there's yeah. what a game, 
TV series and a movie, and all of them are starting to look pretty promising. I'm not so sure about episode nine after I'm, episode I'm eight. I'm very hesitant about that after episode eight, but I think it will be a good way to hopefully it's going to be like do the do the series justice and wrap it up nicely. But I am very much looking forward to the new Jedi game. That's going to be a lot of fun, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Especially because it's, it's Fallen it's Order. Aiming, yeah, and because it's aiming to be like a single player, like RPG, sort of like um, yeah, Jedi Knight games were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've openly said there's going to be no loot boxes and no like pay to win sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm skeptical about that because I reckon there could still be they'll figure something out. You know, they'll release 17 DLCs and they cost $100 each or something. Um, <laughs> but I'm sceptically, patiently awaiting. All right. This brings us an end to episode nine. I've, this yeah. is probably the most fun I've had on this podcast just because I could uh, nerd out about Avengers and Marvel. And yeah, it's uh, a lot of fun. Like I said, we shall be recording episode 10 soon and, put that, and putting that up with a few topics I've been meaning to talk about for a while. Maybe they're not the most current in terms of news, but I feel like they overarch a lot of stuff that's been going on in the world of entertainment and all that. But until then, I shall say goodbye to you, Jacob. And I shall say, hail Satan. Very good.